excited. I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Thank you for listening to the Station of the Cross, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Heard around the world on your Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? How are you doing? I pray that you're well all the time. I pray that every day. I pray that. And we pray for you every day in our rosary, every single day. We answer uh, and pray for every single prayer request, whether it's on the program, whether it's mailed into us or emailed into us or called into us. And then we pray for everyone else. Uh, whose needs we do not know, but we know you have them. We ask God to meet your every your every need, beloved. Yesterday we didn't go further in the catechism, so I thought today we would. We need to know our faith, and especially those of you uh, who are uh, homeschooling. Um, some some mothers are afraid, fathers are afraid because they haven't really learned their faith for one reason or another. Maybe they weren't taught as children or maybe they, uh, uh, all kinds of reasons. But you don't need to worry about it because the materials, the homeschool materials will teach you along with your children. That's all. Just teach you along with your children. Um and so uh, you don't have to worry. It gives you all the answers. And again, um, if you did not receive our uh, most recent newsletter, it's uh, 12 pages, and it's all on homeschooling. And in that newsletter, we uh, have incorporated through a survey to 22 homeschool mothers the top seven homeschool programs that they have found traditional Catholic solid faithful homeschool programs and uh, with the first few we listed you don't need to reinvent the wheel you don't need to put together your own curriculum or figure out what books to get they give you a box and it, it's all in there it's all in there everything they teach you step by step so you can learn right along with your children um, and we also have uh, five good resources where you can get books and materials for your children. So it's a, a very helpful, informative newsletter. And if you don't have it, you can download it free. It's free no matter how you get it, even in the mail, um, from our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Um, or you can um, uh, give us a call. And you can sign up for the newsletter, we'll send it to you, or you can give us a call, write us an email, and we'll put it in the mail to you. Not an issue in the world. 
um, we want to help. And we think that there's a time where um, we no longer have a choice, beloved, where we no longer have a choice. We had one email yesterday uh, from a woman who has a... um, a kindergartner and an, uh, a, a, a third grader, I think it was, um, and she has eight children between, no, five children between the ages of eight and two. That's that's a, a handful for sure. Um, but she said some people are called to homeschooling. Some of her friends said that they feel called to homeschooling. Others said they don't feel called to homeschooling. And my response was, it, it's not a feeling. I didn't feel called to religious life. I came about it in another way, and I'm, I'm. It's my whole life. I, I couldn't imagine living any other way. But I didn't feel called. I've never had the moment that I felt called, and so it's not a feeling, beloved. You have, if you're a mother, you have been called to homeschooling. If you're a father, you have been called to homeschooling. That is God's design, as Father. Um, uh, Harden calls it home education. You educate your children from the moment of conception for nine months in your womb and then up until they may be kindergarten age and then you send them off to a hostile world that is going to destroy what you, the values you've already put in them and lead them in a wrong way. And then you say, well, when they're older and they can understand more, maybe I'll, I'll start homeschooling them, but it's too late. They've already had the effects uh, of uh, non-homeschooling. And, and if it's a public school, you will ruin your children. Um, and if it's a Catholic school, uh, you have to be very, very, very sure it's a good, solid Catholic school, in which case uh, that's okay. But there's very few uh, good, solid Catholic schools, and you need to know who you're turning your children over because God gave them to you, not to a teacher, not to the schools, not to the public system, not to the government. He gave them to you to raise and nurture in the faith and bring them to heaven, not to anyone else. And if you turn them over to someone, you, you need to be very, very sure that these people will teach them the solid Catholic faith and have the same values that you do. Otherwise, you are, you are giving up your vocation and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, you gave me too many children, and I've got to farm them out to others who will probably ruin them, but I can't handle them all at home. That's not so. That's not so. God will give you the grace for the children that he's given you. He will. He will. I have a, have a friend, a beautiful, beautiful couple who have 16 children, 16 children, and they've homeschooled them all, and you should meet this fantastic family, really, really wonderful family. And, they, and they're close, and they have the values of their parents, which is the values of the church, God's values, and they never fought about wanting to be out with other friends. They didn't bring home bad language, bad attitudes, uh, all of that. So I think it's not just a good idea. I think it's a necessary idea in our day. I think it's very, very necessary. I don't think that any mother or father has a choice, especially if your children are young and haven't yet been so affected by the world. You send them to kindergarten, 
um, there are kindergartens now, uh, uh, classes where the children are being asked if they want to be a girl or a boy. Uh, it's insane. Um, and uh, and then they begin early, if not in kindergarten, first or second grade, to experiment sexually. It's happening in our schools. And I mentioned yesterday one of the greatest griefs that... Um, that the uh, online homeschool, not homeschool, but the, since the children have been home because of the virus, one of the grieves, uh, grievances that the schools and the teachers have, not the parents, but the schools and the teachers, is that the parents are now going to see what the children are taught, specifically in, in sex ed. And they don't want the parents to know what they're being taught. That's a big problem. There was an article about it this week. And you should know what your children are taught. So um, you need to save their souls. You need to save their souls and keep them home and homeschool them and get help. You need to get help, beloved. Um, if you can have uh, one of your parents or uh, the, the children's grandparents or an older teenager or a good friend, uh, come and watch your little two-year-old uh, while you homeschool the others, that would be great. Um, uh, in time, the older children help the younger children. Uh, I know families where that's happened. Uh, there's one particular we had Kimberly call in the other day, and she's going to be, she's 12, and she's going to be teaching her 10 and 9-year-old uh, siblings with the mother there. But the mother um, uh, is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful soul. And just really concerned because they, uh, English is not the first language, and um, there's a great concern there. And this is the mother's done a beautiful job with these children. This is a very mature little girl, and um, and that's what's in their hearts. They want to do that, and that's credit to the parents. A wonderful, wonderful family. Children can help others. They can. They can help their younger siblings. So. Okay, I think I'll I'll stop there. Um, uh, let me see now. We're gonna let me just take one or two because we'll come up against a break soon. I'll just take a couple of questions today from the catechism, or just a few that we can get, and then we'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts. And the toll-free number to call, beloved, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Oh, pardon my yawning. Oh dear. I think when I need when I talk a lot, I need extra oxygen. It happens when I'm in in the, in prayer as well. If we're if we're uh, chanting the divine office. I, I yawn. I just need more oxygen, so I need some breathing uh, exercises or something. But I'm fine, sweet. I'm fine, beloved. Um, okay. I'm going to go back a couple of uh, questions here to continue on. I'm going to go back to 134. Oh, no, I'm not. There is the music. Okay, I'll give you a question that you can answer during the break. Does man, M-A-N, in the catechism mean all human beings? Does it mean 
all human beings. Okay, and I know you know the answer to that, but we'll give you the clarity of that when we come back from the break, beloved. It's a wonderful time to call in. Our lines are are uh, fully open. So one eight hundred. I'm sorry, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. Merciful God, our Father, hear our fervent prayer for all who suffer from the coronavirus. May those who are infected receive the proper treatment and the comfort of your healing presence. May caregivers, families, neighbors, and church communities be shielded from the spread of this virus. Preserve our bodies from contagious disease and our souls from all sin. Protect and guide those who strive to find a cure, that their work may conquer the virus and restore our communities to wholeness and health. Help us to rise above fear and to live in your peace. We ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima and in the name of your Son, Jesus, the Divine Physician, and the Holy Spirit who live and reign now and forever. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family. Good to be with you. I'm Mother Miriam live. And before the break, we gave you a question from the Baltimore Catechism. Does man, M-A-N, in the catechism mean all human beings? Raise your hand if you said yes. I can't see you. That's just kind of a joke. But of course, the answer is yes. Man in the catechism means all human beings Men, women, boys, girls, children. That's it. Mankind. The scriptures say in Genesis, God created man and made man male and female. Okay, what is a creature? A creature is anything created, whether it has life or not, body or no body. 
every being, person, or thing except God himself may be called a creature. Hello, beloved creatures. How are you? One creature talking to many. How happy we are to be creatures, the only creatures made in the image of God. Next question. Is this likeness in the body or in the soul? And of course, the likeness is, is in the soul. How is the soul like to God? The soul is like to God because it is a spirit that will never die and has understanding and free will. So, beloved, uh, the spirit uh, will never die. Your body will die, but your spirit will not. It will live forever. And there's only one or two destinies for the spirit, heaven or hell. And if we, um, if we follow the narrow road, we will be in heaven, even if we stop in purgatory along the way to be cleaned up a bit. But those in purgatory are on their way to heaven. And if we refuse God, we will be in hell, and there'll never be a time that we'll come out. It'll be for all eternity. We will not be annihilated. We will live forever in hell, and it will be by our choice because we refused heaven. Is every invisible thing a spirit? Is every invisible thing a spirit? What do you say? No, <laughs> no, right? I, I just thought of the wind. The wind is not a spirit, but you can't see it. Mm. And, the, and the answer is every spirit is invisible, which means it cannot be seen. But every invisible thing is not a spirit. And it gives the same example. The wind is invisible and is not a spirit. Has a spirit any other quality? A spirit is also indivisible. That is, it cannot be divided into parts as we divide material things. So a spirit is whole, cannot be divided. What do the words will never die mean? What do the words will never die mean? By the words will never die, we mean that the soul, when once created, will never cease to exist, whatever be its condition in the next world. Hence, we say the soul is immortal or gifted with immortality. What is immortal uh, does not die. When we talk about mortal sins, mortal means death. When we commit a mortal sin, our soul uh, dies. It doesn't cease to exist, but it is separated from God. It dies, uh, it is separated from eternal life. And if that mortal sin is not rectified, if it is not rightly confessed through a priest, then that individual will remain in mortal sin. And if we die in mortal sin, beloved, we will be in hell forever. Forever, forever. I would beg you, um, if you are in mortal sin now, what is mortal sin? Mortal sin is grave sin. It's very serious sin, such as adultery, abortion, euthanasia. Um, uh, look at the Ten Commandments. And if we, um, if we die in mortal sin, then we have died physically, which will die anyway one day, but it's our soul that has been separated from God. And if we die in that state, we'll be separated from him for all eternity. How long is eternity? 
there's no time. It never, ever, 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 ever ends. It never, infinity, never ends. And that's where we will be for all eternity in hell if we do not repent. If you are in mortal sin today, beloved, if you are living in a marriage that is adulterous because you were never annulled from your first marriage, if you are in an un um, a non-sacramental marriage and you're receiving communion, that's mortal sin. Um, uh, if you are uh, intimate sexually with someone who's not your spouse or your proper spouse, that is mortal sin. Um, uh, there's so much. There's so much. It's not just uh, intimate issues. Um, you could tell a lie that... Um, has ruined somebody's life. You're in mortal sin. So there's all kinds of it's grave sin. It is mortal. And the only way you can be forgiven, you can go to God, you can make a spiritual uh, confession, but you, for mortal sin, you need to go to a priest. You must be forgiven um, by God through a priest. You cannot do that on your own. And so it's very, very important and you will have um, immortality regardless because you will live forever either in heaven or in hell. Why then do we say a soul is dead while in a state of mortal sin? We say a soul is dead while in a state of mortal sin. And here I repeat, the catechism correctly repeats the question with the answer. That's what every teacher in any school should teach the children to do, not just say, um, give the answer because, but repeat the question in the answer because it educates the children and they, they could see that their answer may or may not make sense. So um, we say a soul is dead while in a state of mortal sin because... In that state, it is as helpless as a dead body and can merit nothing for itself. If you are in mortal sin, you may feel very much alive, but you are very much dead. You are dead to God. You are dead to the things of the Spirit um, and, the, and the world that we are striving to enter in heaven. You are dead to them. And you say, well, I don't, I don't feel dead. I don't, you know, I, yeah, I'm living with a woman who's not my wife, but we're happy together. We even have a child together. We're good. Well, you're going to be happy, but when you die, you're not going to be happy together in hell. You will not. You will not. Well, how could, it, we don't feel any, we don't feel bad. Um, well, the thing is, a corpse feels nothing. If you're dead, if a person is dead and you stick a pin in them, they feel nothing. Because death is an inability uh, to feel or, or have life. And so the same thing when we're spiritually dead. We, we don't feel it because we are just dead and separated from God. We're, we're dead men walking spiritually is what we are. And the things of God, the scriptures say, are foolishness to us because those things are spiritually understood. We need to go to confession and be restored to God's grace, to his life. And if you're in that state, beloved, don't go to bed tonight in that state. Run to a priest. If the church is closed, go to the rectory. Bang on the door. Um, 
like the uh, stubborn woman at the Gospels, bang on the door until the priest comes and say, Father, I'm in mortal sin. I need you to hear my confession. If that priest doesn't do it uh, after you've told them you're in mortal sin, um, he's going to have to answer to God for that. But you go to another priest. Don't stop until you find a priest who will hear. You go to bed tonight and you're in mortal sin. You have no guarantee you'll wake up in the morning. You could die during your sleep for any reason, and, uh, and you will wake up in hell. Don't go to bed with sin on your soul, beloved. Next question. What, what does our understanding mean? Our understanding means the gift of reason by which man is distinguished from all other animals and by which he is enabled to think and thus acquire knowledge and regulate his actions. I'm going to repeat that answer. Our understanding means the gift of reason by which man is distinguished from all other animals and by which he is enabled to think and thus acquire knowledge and regulate his actions. There are many, many people who have the gift of reason. There's nobody made in the image of God. No one made in the image of God. No human being that does not have the gift of reason. None. None. It may be distorted, but we all have the gift of reason. And when we don't use it, we don't acquire knowledge and regulate our actions, we act like animals. But that's our fault, not the fault of our Creator. Next question. Can we learn all truths by our reason alone? Can we learn all truths by our reason alone? What do you say? No. No, we cannot use, uh, learn all truths by our reason alone. Um, for some truths are beyond the power of our reason and must be taught to us by God. I'll give you an example here. Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 19 says that every, everything, um, the, the fact of God, the knowledge of God is known by every single creature, not of Jesus Christ, not of his word, excuse me, not of special revelation, but that there is a God because the scriptures say that God has put the knowledge of himself in every single soul he's created and that the heavens declare the glory of God and that his invisible attributes have been seen and are seen. And so, um, uh, and so no one is uh, can be excused for not knowing there's a God. But can we know everything about God from what God put in us and from our intellect? No, we cannot. We cannot learn all truths by our reason alone, for some truths are beyond the power of our reason and must be taught to us by God. What do we call the truths God teaches us? Taken together, we call the truths God teaches us revelation. And we call the manner by which he teaches them also revelation. God reveals his revelation. <laughs> he teaches us revelation by revealing it to us. And so um, 
it is revelation that is to make known, um, to make manifest. Uh, there's the break, the music for our second break, beloved. So we'll continue with this another day, but we will begin to take your calls, your emails, your texts. As soon as we come back from the break, our lines are wide open. Call in at with anything on your heart, dear ones. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live, to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, such as Stand Out for Life with Jim Havens and Father Imbarato. They pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each Saturday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also listen to Stand Out for Life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. And uh, again, I'll repeat our number, uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. And it's anything at all on your heart does not have to relate to what we've been speaking about. Um, or uh, you could email at that toll-free number. No, no, you could text at that toll-free number, but you could email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Allison on the line from Boston. Hi, Allison. Hi, Mother. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Go ahead, sweetie. 
I just wanted to affirm what you're saying about the children in the schools. I'm a nurse in the Boston area, and I had a child come to me who I thought was a boy. It turns out she was a girl, mm. and I thought she was about eight years old. I thought she was about a 10-year-old boy. Turns out it was an eight-year-old little girl. And I was told by the principal that she was to have a pe- private bathroom until she decided whether or not she was a boy or a girl. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, and what and grade normally, was this? Mm-hmm. This, was, this was in third grade. Isn't that awful? Oh, so boy. She's I'm in so class. Uh-huh other children yeah and so if she decides that she's a boy all of a sudden she'll be using i apparently uh-huh. uh, the poison right right it it's just um it's a horror story it's allison i'm so glad you called in to confirm this from your uh, experience i tell well, tell parents that that happens in kindergarten but certainly through through uh, elementary school it's 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 horrifying yeah i i mean i'm a nurse in the system and i had no idea this was going on Isn't that amazing so yeah. um, i mean you hear about it but you know um, yeah, but to experience it, know. to have the reality come to you is another matter. There's a new story of a little boy, a mother that had two boys in an immoral manner uh, through in vitro fertilization, and she decides one of them is a girl. The boy doesn't want to be a girl. He said he'd, he's, the parents are separated. It's, you could go to LifeSite News and see the story, and it's been in the courts for a long time, and the judge decided that the mother, the, the, the child doesn't have a choice. It's the mother's choice. She wants her, her son to be a girl. The boy is eight years old now, I think. And uh, that's the end of it. The, the judge uh, uh, came down on that. And so the father is it's, it's awful. You see this normal little boy with his dad. And now he's going to have no choice. His name has changed. He's going to school in dresses. It's it's an abomination. It it's really a horror movie. So Allison, and, and it's uh, happening so young. But yeah, that, so uh, young and overnight so fast. Before so young. puberty, before mm-hmm. these kids even have a chance to experience puberty. Yeah. I mean, they 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 have their own fears about being maybe the new kid or mm-hmm. having not the right clothes. Or something else. I can't imagine a child going through the anxiety of having to decide whether they're a boy or a girl. I know. And the adults around them affirming this. Well, whatever parent allows that to happen to their child will be accountable before God. And if you're a Catholic parent, you are in grave sin for allowing that. You are in grave sin. But this is also being brought into the school system. So here I am in nurse. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I was just in shock. My my, but the teachers are affirming this. It's insane. Anything anybody the the child comes into contact with in the school system is affirming this. Mm -hmm. The children are being trained. I don't know how, but you know, not to make a big deal out of this. I don't know what they're being told, but there must be something. They're being told so that gender a way, is a choice. That's it. Yeah. If you don't like the way you were yeah. born, change it. 
That's what they're being right. taught. And parents are in very serious sin who are allowing this. Even, well, even, I mean, uh, when, you, but, when you talk go, about the graces coming out of this whole thing, it was getting these kids out of the system. Right. Out of the virus is getting these children out of the system. There's no question about it. Um, and there are priests and bishops in the church in grave sin because they're allowing this to happen in Catholic schools and in the churches. One teacher in a Catholic school, there was a little boy who wanted to be a girl. He was preparing the children for First Communion, and the little boy was going to come in a dress like the little the other girls, a dress and a veil and all that. And um, the teacher couldn't do anything about it. Uh, the, the pastor wouldn't listen, and so he went to his bishop, and the bishop said, let this little boy be um, receive his first communion as a little girl. Let him dress as a little girl. Don't interfere. Uh, it's horrifying. That bishop will, I, I, I hope he repents before he stands before God. It's horrifying, Allison. I'm really grateful for your call so because you're on the scenes there, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, God bless you, dear one. Thanks and for thank calling. And thank you for bringing it to light. Yeah, because thanks. not people mm-hmm. people don't know. Yeah, they don't know, and they have to know. They have to know. Good. God bless you, dear. We have a call from Frank in Florida. Hi, Frank. Good morning, Mother. It's good, good to morning. talk with you. Thank you, dear. Uh, I I understand very clearly about the consequences of mortal sin if we die in that state. My question is this. Is there any possibility or what can we do to avoid purgatory? The answer is yes. There's every possibility to avoid purgatory. Uh, uh, Philippians, Paul writes, I'm convinced of this, that God who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And uh, if we leave the world without Uh, making reparation for the temporal effects of our sins, then God has given us the gift of purgatory, which is the final stage of sanctification before we enter heaven. Um, So, yes, we can avoid purgatory. I'm I'm wondering if someone like Mother Teresa uh, did not avoid purgatory. I don't know that, but but there's an example of someone who uh, has given her whole life. So how could we, even you and I, avoid purgatory? Let's say we've gone to confession, we've sinned, uh, even not mortally, it, it, still there's sin in our soul, and we haven't made reparation for all of it. Maybe some of it we not even remember anymore. Um, we can still avoid purgatory by making sacrifices. We can make sacrifices every day and offer them up for our for the salvation of our soul um for the offenses uh, against god and our mother in the past we can do that you can make sacrifices for others you can make sacrifices for yourself um uh, you know, you can you can pray uh, more consistently, more deeply, more thoroughly. You can take on spiritual exercises, uh, begin to imitate some of the saints, um, and again uh, begin to really assist others to heaven. And all of that can um, make up, so to speak, repair, make reparation for the sins that 
you have not made up for yet. And while I'm saying this, Frank, I want to clarify to everybody who's listening that only Jesus was able to atone for the sins by which he is offended that separated us from God. Only Jesus can do that, his death on the cross. But we need to make uh, reparation or atonement, the word's the same, for um, the effect of our sin. So let's say if we've broken a window through our malice, we go to confession and because we've sinned against our neighbor and all of that. And, and God forgives us, and that's because of his death on the cross. But our the temporal effect of our sin is the fact that our neighbor has a broken window, and we must save up the money to repair that window, to make reparation, reparation, which is what um, uh, the temporal effects of sin are about. And if we haven't yet restored that window before we die, then purgatory is uh, our gift, in a sense, for um, uh, to suffer for that reparation. Okay, thank you, Mother. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Okay, very good, Frank. God bless you, dear one. We have an email from Joseph in California, and Joseph says, I'm very thankful God showed me to your program where I have learned so much in the short time I've been following you. Well, blessed be God, Joseph. I've been persevering in my prayer life by God's grace. I start my day with a morning prayer before going to work. Good. I spend 10, 15 minutes in mental prayer. I try to pray all seven hours of the liturgy of the hours through, though there are days I miss one or two. And of course, that's a wonderful thing. But you know, uh, dear Joseph, that lay people are not bound to pray that um, all the hours. It's good if you can pray morning and evening prayer or evening and Compline. Um, but if you try to pray all, that's that's a good thing. If you can, as long as you don't worry about the hours, you're not scrupulous about the hours you might miss. Joseph continues, I also pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Angelus. I'm unable to pray them on the dot, though, time-wise. At night, we say our family rosary. I am married with three boys. We also say a few prayers before and after our rosary, like the Memorari, St. Michael, a litany of the Blessed Virgin, among others. Between work and the prayers... I have mentioned, I also pray the other two mysteries of the rosary during my drive to and from work. Mother, is it a sin to pray the rosary while driving? Absolutely not. We pray the rosary all the time while driving. Am I better off saying one mystery that, uh, rather than saying all three? but that two mysteries are during my drive. God bless you, Mother Joseph. No, Joseph. Um, if you, to begin with, if you don't pray the entire rosary and you pray one decade, um, uh, any part of the rosary is good. It's not a sin if you don't complete it. And it is definitely fine to, play it, to pray it while you're driving. And you're doing a lot, and that's very, very good. But as a husband and a father, make sure, Joseph, that uh, based on the age of your children, that you're not doing too much. Uh, You know, you haven't heard me say that one yet. But um, uh, make sure that if you, you know, if you pray the whole, I don't know if you pray the whole rosary with your children or one decade, it's good to say other prayers. But um, 
you know, if you're going to say the litany of the Blessed Virgin, if your children are young, uh, just just use your discernment on on how much how much you do it. Uh, if they understand the prayers. And if they if they can pray them well, that's fine. But you don't want to turn them away by doing too much. Don't be scrupulous. Um, it's wonderful that you do this. It's wonderful. I don't want to discourage you. It's wonderful that your family prays together. It's it's a wonderful thing. Um, and um, it it should be a beautiful time for the family. That it shouldn't be a time that they are uh, forced or unhappy about. So love. And um, understanding of the mysteries are more important than getting through it all. Okay. God bless you, Joseph. Uh, What a wonderful example you are. God bless you. We have an email from Rosie in Guam, USA Guam. Hello, Mother Miriam, she writes. And she says, I have a question about adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. We'll take that question, dear Rosie. Um, as soon as we come back from the break. Again, beloved, our lines are open, um, and you are welcome uh, to call in at any time, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back. Don't go away. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sin 
sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome, beloved. Mother Miriam live, and we have uh, oh, 10 or plus minutes. This is our last segment together, and the lines are open. You are still welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1 511 5483, or email at mother at Um We uh, started an email from Rosie just before the break. Um, and I will uh, I will read it now. Rosie says, I have a question about adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. She says, a week ago, my parish started 24-hour adoration in our prayer chapel. We had guardians signed up for all the hours. Guardians, my goodness, um, including myself. Then our governor decided to put us back on full lockdown, including closing the churches, which started today. We are back to parking lot masses. Well, blessed be God that at least you have a mass in your parking lot. Um, They decided to close the Adoration Chapel, but keep the Blessed Sacrament exposed and open the blinds of the side window so we can go adore the Lord from the outside. But guardians were no longer, uh, people usually say adorers, uh, people adoring our Lord, were no longer required to keep the adoration hours. So now, most of the time, no one is there with the monstrance left on the altar. Isn't this a sacrilege to leave our Lord exposed um, on the monstrance with no one there? Um, Bless you, Rosie. Rosie, I don't know, actually. It seems a sacrilege to us now. I'm also a fairly newcomer, just 25 years in the church, which is not so new anymore, but it was after Vatican II, and um, and I think I understood that before Vatican II, uh, and I don't know what Vatican II had to do with this, if they did at all, but that usually our Lord was exposed in the monstrance in parishes, even with no one there. I think... Someone can call in and correct me, or I'll look it up. But I think that was the case. I think it's when um, society uh, just got even lower and more dangerous, and churches would be invaded, and and the monstrance would be stolen, and all of that, that the churches began to be locked, and our Lord to be locked up in the tabernacle 24-7. But I, I think... In old days, olden days, I think that our Lord was kept exposed in a monstrance uh, in in the church, that anyone that came in any time could visit him that way. I think so, Rosie. So 
I, I don't know. In our day, it would seem that it might be disrespectful or a sacrilege, but I cannot tell you that it is. Um, we have a call from Joanne in Massachusetts. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Mother. How are you? Okay, sweetie. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, Good. I hope I can explain this right, and I'm sure I'm probably not the only one that this thought has occurred to, but... Um, I'm in my 60s, and I have a husband with dementia, and I care for my father, who's 99. He lives with me as well. Wow. Um, and I have a growing family. My daughter has just uh, had her second. She's married. Beautiful. but uh, So she has, you know, one after the other. They're uh, 13 months apart. Uh, very, very good Christian Catholic. Um, Blessed be God. Girl and her husband, yeah, raising them right. But my question is, it's kind of, I think I suffer a little bit of guilt from this. Because my life is so busy, I feel like I'm always just praying on the go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not taking the time. And then I feel guilty if I'm stopping to check an email. Um, before I leave, I figured out a system for myself. Before I get up in the morning, I'm able to do some morning prayers alone with the Lord. Good. And I read the readings and the gospel of the day, and then I go to the reflection so I understand what the gospel is trying to say. And then I get up and come out. Once I leave, once I might be hit the floor, I'm on duty. So I don't usually get to bed till about 1 or one thirty at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm not at all. I cry because... No, it sounds like I you're miss, a little exhausted. I'm, no, I cry because I miss... I miss um, I miss church. I miss, and what's going on in the world is really, I can feel how the world is trying to pull us from our Lord, mm-hmm. and it just, it, and and I see, even within my own family, my siblings, how far away they are from thought, just simple thought of of right of the Lord and right. The so what is and where just, does the guilt come in with you? Why are you feeling guilty? Because. Well, because I feel like I'm like my rosary. I do a continuous 54-day novena, I mean, uh, uh, rosary. Okay. Um, but I'm doing it at my sink while I'm washing dishes, or I'm doing it while I'm cooking, or I'm doing it while I'm sweeping the floor or doing laundry. And I feel guilty, like, why aren't I trying to just stop the duties and just sit down? And that just And I know young mothers probably feel that way, too, when they're busy with their kids and they don't always have the time. So I'm feeling guilty. Or maybe maybe it's something that um, evil is trying to block me from that. I don't no, know. And Joanne, I, yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, uh, Apostle Paul says to pray always. And uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, she her little way, everything was a prayer to her. So whether you're praying other things or praying the rosary, I don't think that really uh, is a problem at all. I think you probably please Our Lady that you're praying the rosary through all these things. If you can um, really, uh, uh, how do I say, it doesn't mean that you're focusing solidly on the mysteries, but if you right. if you know you're praying the rosary, uh, it's a prayer for you, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you're reading emails at the same time, that you're no, trying to pray yeah. the rose. No, I'm just saying, or reading a book or something right. like that. If you're, if you're sure. really engaged with your mind in something else, well, 
then I would say hold off and c- continue the rosary when you've stopped doing that that chore. You know what I mean? When but, I yeah, so when mm-hmm. I find my mind drifting in the middle of the rosary, yeah, I I ask if I can return to it later because um, I don't want to fight. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But uh, people that sit down even before the Blessed Sacrament and pray the rosary, their mind still drifts. We're human. Yeah. And our mind can yeah. do that. So my mind drifts mm-hmm. and I, I don't yeah. stop it. What I do is just say, Lord, so sorry. I don't know where I went. I'm back now and I continue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So don't yeah. worry about it. No, don't. You've got a lot on your hands. Yeah, I guess it comes to down to multitasking. And I feel like I'm sitting, putting the rosary or putting prayer in with multitasking other things. Well, you um, know, if, if. The multitasking, if the prayer with your multitasking, sometimes here the sisters are going, you know, they say we go from one chore to another. There's so much to do and they can get, uh, you can get uh, frustrated or whatever it is. And that's not good because every Mm -hmm. moment of our life needs to be a moment of prayer. Not Mm -hmm. mental prayer, Mm -hmm. not physical prayer. We don't have to be praying the rosary, but everything we do should be walking with God and offered to God. So uh, everything is a sacrifice. So if if we feel that praying the rosary is part of our multitasking, I wouldn't do it that way. But if you feel that praying the rosary helps your multitasking, you know, helps you walk with God, while you're doing yeah. those things, that's good. I think I just suffer with a tinge of not good enough. Well, it's not good. if you, if you, you know, ask, ask our Lord if that tinge is from him or not. If it's not from him, then just thank him for his love. If he convicts you that it might be from him, then take a couple of minutes out. Yeah. But don't worry perfect. about it. Don't let it stress you out. Great advice, Mother, as always. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you so much. All right. God, God bless, bless you, okay. Joanne. And all of you will be back with you tomorrow um, and um, walk with God. Live for Him. Love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Speak with you tomorrow. Did you know you can listen to our programming online? Just click the Listen Live button 